This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Top of the Premier League, top of the Champions League group and through to the last 16 of the Carabao Cup. It's been close to a perfect start to the season for Liverpool, going into their huge match with Manchester City at Anfield on Sunday. And it has been a squad effort, with Jurgen Klopp having used 26 players in Liverpool's unbeaten nine-game run to start the campaign. And one player who has certainly taken his chance to shine is Costas Simikas, who is already well on his way to surpassing the seven appearances he made in his debut season at Anfield. The Greece international has been excellent in the four starts he has made so far this season, proving to be more than an able deputy to Andy Robertson. So, to find out a little bit more about Simicass, the Liverpool Echo's Theo Squires picked up the phone to former Bolton Wanderers winger, Euro 2004 winner, and ex-Greece assistant manager, Stelios Giannikopoulos, who also explains how close he came to becoming the first Greek player to play for Liverpool. Hope you enjoy the podcast. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Our time in uh, the national team, uh, he was not the player that he is now. Mm-hmm. So, and because my my spell in the national team was uh, a little bit short, uh, the moment uh, Costas uh, has uh, uh, has become uh, very very hot in the in the market, uh, I wasn't in the national team. So um, I didn't have the time and the chance to. To speak with him and uh, get across with him. But then I'm sure he's a player you would have been aware of over in yes. Greece. Um, yes, of course. Of when course. he was, his, uh, yeah. his pro- progress uh, has been uh, phenomenal. That's why this is the main reason that uh, Liverpool came to sign him. Obviously, they saw they have uh, uh, they have been watching him for a long time and. Uh, Especially the scouting system uh, of these big clubs is uh, very, very important. So they bring, they don't, they don't uh, let anything. Uh, they don't rely on luck, you know. They are based in uh, evidence, and all the evidence were there for Costas. Um, when he was playing for Olympiakos, and I think when he was out on loan, um, could you see that talent there? Could he have been the sort of player then you'd see playing for a club like Liverpool? Or has it just been this big rise where he's really unlocked his true potential? I think he, uh, he had a, a very, very rapid uh, progress. Uh, I didn't think that uh, many could see... Uh, that very very rapid progress that he made. He made very very quick progress, very very in a very very short time. So, which is uh, very very pre- impressive, and uh, it's a big bonus for him as well. Um, and as I said before, uh, Liverpool have made a fantastic choice because they saw uh, in a very small period of time that uh, they could rely. In the talent uh, on the talent of uh, of Costas, which has more potential to, to give as well. I think uh, the things that uh, Costas is doing now with Liverpool is only the beginning. I think he has a uh, lot more to to offer to the club. When you were the uh, Greece assistant, is he a player that was on the national team's radar then, or is it that it is that much of a big rise that he wasn't even on the international scene at no, that time? No, he was. He was in the radar. He was uh, one of the players that uh, would be uh, in the agenda of uh, the next collapse, uh, obviously. Um, 
could see among Costas uh, other players as well that uh, could uh, knock the door of the national team. And uh, as I said before, uh, Liverpool uh, uh, could obviously uh, spot the qualities of uh, Costas and uh, they made a fantastic choice uh, by offering him the, the contract that they did. And I'm guessing as you haven't come across him, it's not something where he spoke to you at all before making the move to the Premier League. But obviously his, his first season didn't go as planned. Um, so how tough is it to adjust to the Premier League? Like I believe you came from Olympiacos as well, didn't you? So to make that big step up from Greek football to English football, what's that like? It's no, it's very, it's a completely different world. Uh, it's because uh, you already know it's the toughest uh, league in the world. Uh, very, very physical, very, very fast, uh, both uh, physically and technically. Uh, you need to combine uh, these uh, two elements at the same time. And this is the, the more difficult thing uh, for a foreign player, especially a player that coming, that's coming from, uh, from Greece. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to, to adjust in the, in the pace, in the physicality of the game in England. And uh, I think Kostas uh, took his time. Uh, he had a couple of injuries that uh, took him back a little bit. But now he's uh, fully fit. And he can uh, he can demonstrate his uh, his potential and his got potential. This is what I like in him, and he's willing to work hard in order to to get uh, better and better every day in every game. And it's somewhere I suppose in the past under previous managers, when a player has the first season he had without getting the opportunities, it would have been very easy for him to be sold or to leave on loan. But I think Liverpool's coaches, they're always saying he's doing so well in training. He just needs that opportunity. Um, he's showing that now. He's had that time to settle and he seems to be in the form of his life. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think uh, this year is going to be his year. Uh, and don't forget uh, that he's had, he has to compete with uh, Robertson, yes? Mm-hmm, yeah. which, is, uh, which is a fantastic player too. So the competition, uh, as we say, the healthy competition between uh, two very good players like uh, Robertson and Tsimikas uh, only has a benefit for the club. Uh, both players, uh, they are pushing each other for the, for the first team uh, spot. And uh, that is a big benefit for uh, Jurgen Klopp and the club as well, because they give their, their everything in the training, in the games to show and to prove that uh, they deserve to, to play. and uh, That's very, very healthy and uh, very good for the club. What have you made of uh, Kostas' start to the season? What I've made? Uh, uh, I think uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, surprised, you know. Uh, I knew from the beginning that uh, Kostas uh, is going to make it because he has a uh, big heart. He has uh, determination. Uh, uh, as far as I know, uh, he works very, very hard, which is uh, very, very obvious. And you can see that uh, during the games. Uh, the, the games are the mirror of the training that uh, you're making, you're doing uh, week in, week out. So uh, nothing comes along uh, without trying. So he tries a lot and he deserves uh, what 
what he deserves, uh, simply as that. And what does it mean to the Greek national team to have one of their players playing so well for a club like Liverpool? It's it's massive. It's massive for uh, the Greek football. It's massive for the national team. Uh, it's uh, the best uh, advertisement uh, of the Greek uh, of the Greek market, uh, having players like Kostas playing for a club like Liverpool. Uh, you couldn't imagine a better advertisement for the Greek football in general. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. And obviously Kostas is the second Greek to play for Liverpool, but I believe you could have been the first. Raf Benitez tried to sign you in um, 2005. Just how yes. close were you to a move to Liverpool? <laughs> you cannot imagine. I was so close that I couldn't believe that I didn't sign for the club. That would be the moment that I, ha- I would be, I would have accomplished uh, my my biggest dream to play for a club like that. But uh, unfortunately, it was not in my hands, and uh, it didn't happen. Bes- despite uh, I was po- I was speaking uh, twice a day for a week, one time before the training, once before the training in the morning, and once after the training. Uh, with Rafa to see if I was uh, okay and not and not get got injured uh, in any training session uh, for the transfer to, to to take place. But unfortunately, and as I said before, it was not in my hands, so it didn't happen. Uh, what sort of stuff was uh, Rafa Benitez saying to you? Uh, we had already agreed uh, in my personal terms uh, with his uh, lawyer. And uh, basically, he was telling me to look after myself and don't get injured in the training because uh, uh, in uh, any time, any moment, uh, the proposal uh, would be in the in the desk of uh, Big Sam or uh, uh, Phil Gardside, which was the, the chairman of them days of the club. But unfortunately, I don't know the reason. Uh, this proposal uh, never came. Uh, the club so it didn't happen and Phil Gartside he spoke publicly quite a few times I think having a go at Liverpool um, questioning that how they were going about the move saying that they weren't interested and they were interested it must have been a very um, confusing stressful time for you when you've got Phil Gartside saying one thing in the press and you know you're speaking to Rafa well, you know it's sometimes uh, some simple things uh look uh, very complicated to the, when they go public. Uh, the, the things were very, very simple. Liverpool wanted to sign me. Uh, it was very, very obvious. Like I said before, I was talking with uh, Rafa Benitez uh, every day. Unfortunately, this uh, didn't work. I don't know the, the main reason that it uh, didn't work. And uh, I stayed... Uh, to the club that uh, I loved very, very much, which was uh, Bolton Wanderers. And I have uh, three more fantastic years with the club, uh, playing twice in uh, European uh, football with Bolton Wanderers, which would be uh, a dream come true for the for the supporters of the club. So uh, even though I didn't go, I didn't join Liverpool, I had uh, three more fantastic seasons with uh, Bolton Wanderers. So I'm happy. And as you said, that you loved your time at Bolton Wanderers, and I think you went on to have your best season in terms of goals after the move didn't happen. 
but how is it you feel looking back now that you had that opportunity to join a club like Liverpool when it didn't happen? Are there any regrets there or are you happy with how things turned uh, out? Uh, there is no regrets because it was not in my hands. Mm-hmm. I would be, I would have regrets if it was if it was in my hands and I didn't take it. But uh, because it was not in my hands, I cannot have any regrets because it didn't happen because I didn't want it to go. It happened because uh, some other guys didn't want it to happen. You understand what I'm trying to yeah. say? So I cannot have regrets for something I didn't do. And if you um, look at your pretty much your whole time at Bolton, they always seem to have a very good record against Liverpool, against quite a few of the top teams. But um, I think particularly against Liverpool, they had a few wins at the Reebok. What was it that made your Bolton team so difficult to beat? And what was it that made sure that they were so successful against Liverpool? It was not only Liverpool. I, if you watch uh, carefully, you will see that Arsenal uh, suffered... Uh, many, many times when they visited the Reebok. So it was Arsenal as well that uh, had uh, very, very difficult times. Uh, and if you see the, the individuals that uh, Bolton Wanderers had uh, that days, it was full of uh, European and uh, World Cup champions. So it was not a small club, a small, uh, small team. Maybe the, uh, you know, the name uh, of Bolton Wanderers was not so massive like Liverpool or Arsenal or United, but uh, if you see the the players, uh, you will uh, immediately understand that, that they were uh, players that uh, they were from the top shelf, I should say. Mm-hmm. And one player you played alongside for a number of years at Bolton was El Hadjouf. Obviously, his time at Bolton it it was a lot more successful than his time at Liverpool. What was he like as a teammate, and why do you think it didn't work out for him at Anfield, whereas it did at Bolton? I don't know. Sometimes uh, if you go back and you see other players as well. For example, uh, you can see Roberto Carlos. Mm. Uh, he played for uh, Inter Milan, and uh, maybe nobody knows or nobody remembers that he played for Inter Milan. And after he joined uh, Real Madrid, and uh, everybody knew who Roberto Carlos uh, was and uh, what he did for uh, his club and country. So sometimes uh, they don't match, they don't gel the player and the club, and uh, it simply doesn't work. I think this is one of the situations that uh, suits uh, El Hadjouf with uh, Liverpool. They didn't gel, I should say. Uh, because he was a fantastic player, uh, great character, uh, you know, very, very talented. Uh, and uh, I think uh, he could uh, have made a, a very, very bigger career than the one that uh, he already had done uh, so. Fair enough. And then just the last one, really. Obviously, you played at Anfield a number of times throughout your career. What was that like as an opposing player and what are your memories of those games against Liverpool? I think it's the best atmosphere that a player can uh, can live, can uh, experience. Uh, the moment you are uh, in the tunnel and uh, waiting to go outside and uh, you hear that you will never walk alone, you're here, you're every... every <laughs> 
Every skin of the skin goes uh, up. I, I, don't, I don't know how to to express it. You know, mm-hmm. hairs go up on the back of your arm. Yes, yes, exactly this. It's uh, unbelievable. It's one of the moments that uh, uh, a player can never forget, and it's a dream to play, uh, even as an opponent in uh, Alfield Road. Imagine if you are wearing the shirt. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a gift uh, from the football god. <laughs> You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.